Hello there, and welcome to the Stein Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like this no tomorrow. This week, we are talking about Monsters at Work, the three episodes that have been released so far, as well as Loki episode six, the finale. So excited to talk about that one, and as always, the latest news of the week. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John. Hey! I'm so excited to talk about this week. There's so much good stuff that is there to talk about and you know to discuss and uh and if you're uh really excited to hear about our thoughts on loki you can skip uh, over to there or you're excited for monsters inc you skip over there yeah. or when you want to hear our film recommendations or weekly viewings that we've been watching go to our weekly viewings because i've got some exciting films to talk about what i've been watching ooh, this week so ooh, i'm excited yeah yes yes Brilliant. so uh, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this episode, you know, just everything, yeah, yeah. Me too! Let's get straight into it. Something that I know you're excited for. We've got a teaser for Turning Red, Pixar's next film. Oh, And oh, if, oh. if you guys remember our Luca episode, this, this film hasn't even come out yet, but just seeing the first picture just broke John. <laughs> you can hear me laughing just like... <laughs> What did you think of this teaser? Um, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I, I mean, from the first picture, I was just laughing so hard because it was like, this, this is a Disney picture. And, you know, I just be laughing. Yeah. My, Remember, um, like, like, even like seven months ago, Pixar made Soul, which was like such a, like, you know, interesting deep. And now we've got like this girl turning into a red panda. And I'm just so confused. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so confused about this because it it's about a girl who gets in- anxiety and then she gets a- angry. From... Yeah, it, it it seems like whenever her she's got like high emotions, then she turns into a big red panda. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, like the, the I so like for those of you who haven't seen the the tra- the trailer, there's like this like it's a scene of her in school and there's just like. Her mum is like outside, <laughs> like just like trying to like spy on her, and then she has this like horrible like anxiety and ends up turning into a red panda. I I don't know why they've done this. <laughs> I, I I'm so confused because you know there should be a message throughout the the film, but I. I you're struggling to find out what that message is. Uh, I mean, in Seoul, we found out what the message is, uh, what the message was, and in Luca, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what that was, but this, this one is. A it was very... a message. It was a message about friendship. Yeah, a message about friendship. But what the heck was this? <laughs> a, 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 a giant bear. A, a, a giant... I'm, I'm very, very excited to talk about this one, honestly. <laughs> You'll be here. You'll be uh, hearing me just laughing so hard about how how bad this film is, or you know how you know crazy this film is. I don't know. It's just oh yeah. So this yeah. film comes out on eleventh of March, twenty twenty two. So you better oh, you better you bet that we're gonna have an episode on it. I'm pretty sure I've I've literally I've got one. Yep. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh. I've got one. 
<laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see you just descend into madness. Okay, our next piece of news is some Star Trek stuff, actually. So for a while oh, now, really? we've known that they're going to make a fourth Star Trek film in some capacity. Whether or not this is a sequel to Star Trek Beyond with the same cast or thing is still up in the air. But it has just found its director... Matt Shackman, and you will know Matt Shackman as the director of all six episodes, no, all, all nine episodes of WandaVision. Yes. So, Matt Shackman's going to be directing the next Star Trek film. What do you think? Wait. Him? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no! <laughs> we, can't, we can't do this. What have you... Okay. What has he wrote? Um, Shackman. Oh, I have no idea. But he's not writing it. I think someone else is writing it. So that's fine. It, he's just the he's just the director. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how to think because, you know, WandaVision is very different from a sci-fi, you know. Yeah. Epic. However, Star Trek Beyond, which we both love, was directed by Justin Lin. And obviously he did like all the fast and a lot of the fast and furious oh, films. Wait, wait, which one? Which did Beyond. He direct? Beyond. Oh yeah. my god. He did, he did. Yeah, wow, right. That that is an amazing film. I did not. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, exactly. I did not expect that. Uh, yeah. So I think again. because he did. Oh yeah, man. I, I love I love Star Trek Beyond. Um, because he did, you know, Beyond after doing Fast and Furious and stuff like that. Maybe Matt Shackman is the right choice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh. Well, I I I got to see. I just got to see it. So uh, mm. I don't know what to say about this because I'm just thinking, well, he did one division. Well, you won't say, but he did that. And then Star Trek. I'm, I'm going to see what it is. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I just uh, don't know. Yeah. So this this film is right uh, currently scheduled for uh, uh, 9th of June, 2023. So there's a lot of time. We got We got a good two years to kind of, for them to figure out what that is. Um, obviously there was there was rumors that Chris Hemsworth was gonna return as uh Kirk's dad from the beginning of uh Star Trek one. Oh. Um do you think they should bring back the cast, bearing in mind that Anton Yelchin has passed away, so he will not come back oh. as Chekhov? Do you think they should bring back that cast or do you think they could do they should do something new? Well, Star Trek Beyond finished on a very, uh, be, uh, I don't know, you know, like yeah, very. No, I, I agree. I thought it ended uh, on concluded. perfect note. It yeah. felt concluded. Mm. Everything was there. But the making another one, I, I don't know. But uh, with the cast, uh, well, with the, with the cast, I think uh, that would be good. But if they do, if they ditch like the new, uh, the old cast for the new cast, mm. uh, well, well, they should keep like the old cast because that would like continue the story. You know, like we know the characters well. You know, with the you know with the actors and the characters, you know, like the, we are aligned with them. You know, we've yeah. seen throughout the films, uh, but a new cast that would be a bit trouble troublesome because you know we don't know exactly you know like when you see an actor with that character and you go oh right yeah i know the face i know how to speak i know how they you know uh, align with that character well but then 
if it's a new one, you just go, oh, are they going to do the are they do are they going to do the character right or you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I agree. I think the first, the uh, third film, Beyond, it, it, it ended the trilogy on a very nice, you know, final conclusion. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't feel any particular need to be getting another one. Yeah. So, mm. I guess, I guess we'll see, won't we? Um. Yeah. I don't know, but. <laughs> well, but, another. But... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel a bit, you know, like why? Why are they doing that? But yeah, money, John, money, money. I mean, saying that though, the Star Trek films normally don't like they're not huge performers at the box office. So you oh, know, really? yeah, they, oh. they don't they don't do amazingly. Um, especially considering you know that they are kind of mostly blockbuster season. So, but then again, yeah. people really like stuff like Star Trek's Discovery and Picard. So. Maybe Star Trek is getting a bit more of a kind of yeah. I, I mean, I love the Star Trek uh, films, but mm. I haven't really got into like the whole uh, set. The I haven't scratched the surface of yeah. the whole uh, Star Trek universe. Like I watched one season of Enterprise, and I didn't go any further because I can't. I just thought it was all right, you know. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I, I do know like the center of the stuff of the Star Trek films. I'm like, oh, oh my god, do we do we have to like know this for the films? Mm-hmm. But no, these are like prequel films, you know, to Yeah. I mean they work yeah. really well, like as a reboot and as a prequel. Like it it, yeah. it it's it's extremely clever, I think, how they do it. Yeah, extremely clever. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it doesn't mess up the thing, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so another thing we got this week is we got a we got a couple of uh, new kind of looks at the Suicide Squad, a couple of features. So the one that I want to specifically focus on is we got this really cool one, um, that kind of focused on James Gunn as director. Um, yeah, and just like it makes me so happy. Just continue. I mean, not only does Suicide Squad look great, all the practical effects, you know, like everything that's been put into it, all the actors and all the crew, yeah. everyone looks that looks like they're doing, you know, like working so hard. But it just made me so happy that that James Gunn is at the forefront of this film, you know? Like, they, I mean, this yeah. film, obviously, he got because he was fired from Marvel briefly. You know, that was kind of, you know, it's a result of that. But it's also, you know, it's showing that Warner Brothers are giving DC films back to their directors, you know? It like, shows well, the yeah, well, yeah. Control. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what did you what did you think of this feature? Uh, it honestly, you know, it's so uh what, what you said about like happy to see this director have this career to control again. Mm. Uh, and you know, uh and it, this is his film and it's gonna it's, it looks crazy. It does. Um and it's um it's gonna be like one of those rare comic book films, you know, a director, you know really thinks about uh, what's happening, you know, thinks about the characters in the mm. past and yeah. brings them back. And, you know, he's going to use them very, um, it, 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 he's going to use them in a very smart way and to, um, yeah, yeah, it, it just looks uh, amazing, you know, <laughs> just like the practical effects and 
you know james gone is very passionate about this yeah um, definitely i mean i'm literally yeah. looking at uh a piece of jim lee art from the uh latest empire magazine uh yeah you know i mean it's on it's on yeah. my wall right now and, and it just like it oh, I'm, I'm just so excited you know <laughs> yeah and i just got it framed up there um so oh damn i, you've got I, it I, I love it yeah it's yeah, great uh and honestly i'm i'm so excited for this yeah, for this too. film i'm uh, well obviously um i'm gonna be on holiday when it comes out so you will get to watch it on that first like weekend and i'll have to wait a week to watch it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you're a very lucky you're a lucky man john you're a lucky man Yes. Um, next thing we got, it's got a little bit of information about the Batman. Uh, Colin Farrell was in interviews and talked about his role as the Penguin and talked about how he actually only really has five or six scenes, about nine minutes of screen time, according to him. Um, obviously, we know that the, the, the Riddler... Oh, I forgot to turn my phone off. Um, we, we all know that the Riddler is like the main antagonist of the film, but Penguin seems to have a very small role with only, you know, ten minutes. Maybe the... <gasps> I just knocked over my water. Oh no! Um, it's all right, folks. Okay, it's ladies and gents. Uh, it's only water. A, a very. Uh, I've got. I've got. I've got. It's an emergency. So okay, uh, basically, uh, it, Colin, the penguin isn't going to be in, in the Batman. Talk, talk, talk about it. Go. Uh, okay, so the penguin, you know, he's got a short amount of time, and we we know this because the Riddler is going to be, you know, the the spotlight for this film. And unless there's other villains that will, uh, 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 that the Batman will encounter Court of Owls throughout the film. So Court, Court maybe, but we know that the Riddler, yes, Court of Owls, Tom, we, we, <laughs> I can hear you, Court of Owls, Court of Owls. Court. I mean, unless they had like the poem, you know, the, uh, the, the nursery rhyme for Court of Owls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Uh, unless they use that like in the background for, you know, throughout the film, because that would be creepiest, creepiest hell. And uh, you know, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward, but you know, that really surprised me because I thought um, Penguin's going to be, you know, a lot more into it. But then I realized, you know, Riddler. Come on, he's he's going to be in it. So he's the yeah. he's the the main man. I mean, the thing is, is that I can imagine Penguin being exactly the cut sort of character <laughs> who just kind of comes in. You know, and is um, he's like a he he's got information, you know. And Batman's like, oh, I need information. And Penguin's like, oh, well, Batman, I'm gonna give you some information if you uh, if you do this for me or something like that, you know. Kind of like a Arkham Origins, you know, like when like Batman has to oh, infiltrate the ooh, yeah the, the the boat. Can't remember the boat's name, but he has to infiltrate the um, boat. Well, okay, so he was in the docks yeah he was in the docks and they found a boat and then i don't know it was like a fighting area a, a arena yeah for... and like he he goes in and he's like you, you're trying to find out where black mask is and then he encounters deathstroke one of the best boss fights oh. in any arkham game oh my god Absolutely i love brilliant. that fight so it, good it's man i love it a um yeah um, oh if they did that like you know uh batman trying to you know get penguins you know who like trying to get information about the riddler and then deathstroke comes in everyone will be <laughs> losing their minds just you know yeah don't hold your breath i really doubt that's gonna happen yeah 
uh, unless they did that. But I go, oh, oh, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, uh, really surprised about that. I'm one. still. So... There are so many rumors and reports about the Batman. You know that that things are going wrong. That you know Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves hate each other. But I'm not believing it. You know, unless uh, until really. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all from it's from places like we've got this covered, you know, famously like really like unreliable uh, sources. Until until, uh, until I see news. something, yeah, until I see fake something like re- real. Uh, oh, hi, Donald. Um, it's like you know, until I see something really kind of like um, substantial. I have faith. I have faith that the Batman's going to be amazing. I mean, come on, it's it's Matt Reeves. It's Matt. It's our it's our main man, Matt. You know, like if you get if anyone listening hasn't seen Planet of the Apes, if and if you're worried about the Batman, watch the Planet of the Apes trilogy. He directed the yes. final two. Go of watch films. that. Go watch Absolute that. Absolute masterpiece. The... Yeah. What and a trilogy! It is. Oh, what a trilogy! We, we I think we talked about it all the way back on episode five of the podcast, <laughs> forty two <laughs> weeks ago. Where we talked um, about um favorite, favorite oh is oh yeah yes we talked about uh favorite film trilogies we talked about the Dark Knight trilogy Back to the Future Lord of the Rings Toy Story and Planet of the Apes so yeah if you want to hear our thoughts about Planet of the Apes head on over to our to that episode yes just go there and watch and no listen with your ears and <laughs> deep dive into you know the world of trilogies i listened uh, to um one of our i listened to some of one of our podcasts to find out some information for an upcoming episode um i listened to it on two times speed and honestly it was it was magical it really was yeah yeah we should um, play them all on two times speed <laughs> you know just trying to get all the information yeah just and, like uh, hey welcome to the other time yeah yeah um Right, the last thing I want to talk about is something that really excites me. I've kind of been following the production of this film, you know, on Twitter and and, and stuff. But we got our first trailer for a Spider-Man fan film called Ooh, Spider-Man yeah. Lotus, right? And yes, it, it, it's just, mm, 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 it looks it amazing. Looks amazing. Now I know that some people might be thinking, oh, a, a fan film. Trust, trust fan me when film? I. Oh, that's gonna be you know, it's gonna, suck. it's gonna suck. Like, trust us when we say it looks incredible. Like, so much of this film, you know, really comes from, you know, the heart of fans and the, you know, everything looks incredible. If you see the suit, the suit looks bloody fantastic. Oh, yeah. Let's the, talk about the trailer. The- the cinematography in this. Oof. Yes. Oof. It's the trailer's so simple, but it gives me everything that I need from a Spider-Man thing. I feel like I've just consumed a, 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 a healthy but delicious meal, you know. I feel like so this so this story looks to be um, you know, set after the death of Gwen Stacy, super famous comic book story, oh, and dealing with the that's aftermath such a of this. Comic. I have that comic as well. Do you? Um, yeah. Wow. Didn't know yeah, that. it's it's a it's a very emotional comic. Really, um, and it it centers around the Stacys. Is it called Death of the Stacys? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought. So. Yeah. It goes to the father, the mother. Nice. Yeah, I don't know uh, the you, mother. I don't would think, you recommend yeah. it? Yes. One hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. 
I got the comic right there, and it, it it's so old fashioned, <laughs> like yeah. Um, it's so expositional with the speech thoughts and like, Aha, yeah. I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. I've <laughs> like, seen a, lot oh, of a okay. famous like page where Gwen Stacy dies and it's like, haha, I caught her. I am the best superhero. Oh, no, she's gone. And then Green Goblin's like, haha, you fool. She was dead before she, she even hit the ground. And it's like, <laughs> it's just it's such it's so like a, a lovely little like moment in time captured on the pages of a comic. Oh, like these graphic novels have like really special moments in Mm. time. You know, Watchmen, uh, Batman Year One. Yeah. And what else? Crisis on Infinite Earths. Those are really special comics. Yeah. Because they really rebuilt, you know, gave us the... uh, understanding of dc universe but marvel i don't know about marvel though but marvel did have like some emotional stuff as well like that mm, Spider-Man. oh my god spinal life story oh my god you gotta read i've that. still gotta read it yeah honestly i've got one graphic novel to read and then i'm reading dune which is gonna take me forever and then after that <laughs> the first thing i'm watching is it, reading is life story I, I can promise you that um but yeah spider-man lotus just one of the things that that this trailer didn't have any action you know it didn't it didn't it wasn't like fast paced or jokey it was slow and somber and it had that really you know mournful idea we literally saw three sh- there were quite a couple of shots of spider-man you know but if we talk about you know the main cast we got three shots of mary jane harry osborne and peter parker and in these shots perfectly the film hasn't even come out yet and or we already perfectly know who these people are. MJ is on, you know, a, a, some kind of balcony, you know, about to light a cigarette and she's looking, you know, super mournful. Harry looks ghastly and sickly, you know, in this, in this, in this, in this low angle panning shot, you know, Peter looks, you know, burdened by the guilt of everything that's happened. You know, already this looks like it's perfectly portraying who these characters are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so amazed about like the trail. I'm just looking at it now and just like, wow, it's great. Wow. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I watched mm. it just like three times in a row. And honestly, the, the idea that people, you know, fans can make stuff like this without, you know, obviously this is nonprofit. So you know, without the need to be part of like a big studio, they, they just make this, and it comes from their hearts. And you get something that even a one minute trailer looks so. Looks like it has so much, you know, thought and, um, you know, love in it. It just makes me so happy. There'll be a link in the district in the description for the trailer. Yeah, go watch. Please it, watch, go it. watch it. Definitely. <clears throat> so good, so good. Um, yeah, Lotus. Um, I need to read other Spider-Man graphic novels. I need to. Uh, I need mm. to read them. Like. Dude, Craven's Last Hunt is one of my favorite comics. I haven't read it in a long time, but it was like the second comic I ever got. And I still think that Spider-Man No Way Home should have been an an adaptation of Craven's Last Hunt. That would have been perfect. Whenever they do that Craven film they're going to do, it should be an adaptation of Craven's Last Hunt. That is just an impeccable story. Yeah, definitely read that. And everyone listening, definitely read that. Um, Um. and you, I don't have to eat Spider-Man stories because you know Spider-Man is the most um, one of the best superhero in Marvel 
comics, yeah. I, I think, because, you know, I, I just yeah, don't I have any um, relatability, you know, with, with the characters in, in Marvel. I mean, hmm. with some characters, but I go, uh, well, I mean, Normally, you got to start. What I find with, with Marvel comics compared to DC's comics is that Marvel, I get a lot of their big event stuff. You know, I get, you know, House of X, Secret Empire, Secret Invasion, yeah. all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I don't really get many of their kind of like character series. Like the only character series of Marvel, if you don't count Star Wars that I've got, is, is the Mighty Thor. But DC, I find that I, I read a lot more of their character-driven you know, series yeah. rather than yeah. their big events. Like obviously I've got Crisis and Infinite Earths and I've got, you know, Nightfall and stuff, but I, I like to just get like the, the, the stuff that's centered around one character yeah. because that's, you know, I feel like they're so much better at crafting character for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I got entire uh, Batman collection uh, yeah. the comics that I have, yeah. like Dark Knight Returns, um, Batman Long Halloween, Batman dark victory mm. uh and then i got those well batman nightfall i got the uh early trilogy of that mm. and uh and really like solo comics that um that i was thinking oh i can't read that and then yeah and then it got me reading deathstroke uh the flash justice league oh say what about the flash on the on the on the viewing segment i've got a i've got to talk about um a flash comic that i read this week Oh, uh, yeah, I was thinking that I need to read another Flash uh, series one. You you gave me uh, a Flash at uh, the Flash. New, uh, the yes. Flash new did I give you one. all of it? Uh, yeah, you did. And then I yeah. brought it back to you. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was like the beginning of lockdown. I was like, there you go. <laughs> Nine graphic uh, novels. When, when did I bring it back to you? It was like uh, so, so long. Oh yeah, well you know what we, we didn't see each other because of lockdown. So yeah, I think you read them quite quickly though because you're a you're a fast reader. Yeah, and you know sometimes I just want to deep dive into the world of graphic novels mm-hmm. and Definitely. especially if, if there's like a a big graphic novel with a lot of dialogue. I I love dialogue in graphic novels oh, yeah. because they give me so much. Uh, exposition and then also clever writing as well mm. oh my god if they have like clever writing driven into the character that makes the graphic novel so good i mean look at the new bitty 2 one of batman because that scott snyder's sells genius you. oh my god scott snyder you know he sells the the idea of batman in, into this world in the, in yeah. the new bitty 2 one and you have Definitely. the art as well and yeah, yeah, and next year, before the Batman comes out, we're going to talk about some of our best favorite Batman stories, you know, which will include, you know, a lot of comics, probably def- um, the new VT Scott Snyder run will be in there. Um, but, you know, obviously that's that's a while away. That's will be in next March. Um, but we do have is Loki. And John, we got to talk about it. We got we to gotta do it. We got to talk oh, about this. Loki. We got to talk yeah. about Loki. First yeah. of all, spoilers. So, you know. Yes. I, really honestly you might think you'll be okay if you what if you haven't seen it yet you really need to see it if you're a fan of the mcu if you're keeping up the show and you haven't watched episode six yet it changes so much about the whole landscape of the show you know yeah. you're really doing yourself a disservice as a fan if you don't see it take it from us oh yeah oh yeah. yes time to talk about loki right tell me tell me your thoughts we're gonna do this all in one zoom call 
Oh, cool. Yeah, this is, okay. this is happening. Oh my God. We got about 10, we got about 10 minutes. We might cut off randomly at some point, but okay. here we go. Uh, um, so, wow. Loki. This, that's, okay, everyone. This is how, oh, no, Marvel. Marvel? Yeah, come here, come here. Right. You? Oh, yeah. This is how you end Kevin. the series. This, th- thank you for ending this whole series without dropping the ball on anything nope thank you but i mean they definitely dropped the ball on my head but that was fine yeah yeah for one division for uh falcon and the winter soldier a little bit there was a there was a little ball yeah, that, falcon you know, winter soldiers it, it mostly kept the ball it, it it stumbled a little bit with the ball but yeah it's fair to say that loki did not it, it kept the ball firmly in its hands yes it did not and threw it far away and another person caught it you know Home that's run. how strong this finale was yeah. so this this it was really this was. one this one was such a good episode oh I mean, my god first of all there's i mean the the the, the thing we got to talk about we got to like he who remains we got to talk oh about my god. our our you know variant of kang the conqueror obviously everyone you know everyone on the internet knew it was going to be kang but this is the perfect way to do it, you know? Ah, oh, you can't yeah, do he's... doing Kang in one episode, you can't do that justice. But yeah, this was exactly what it needed to be. A yeah. man who is terrified of Kang is the villain of himself, and he's yeah, barely a villain, he's just somebody who's genuinely trying to do the right thing, and the the um the moral questions that comes into, you know, the the fact that it makes Loki and Sylvie doubt their very quest is perfect. The whole idea oh, yeah. that instead of finding this big bad, you know, you know, instead of finding out that it's going to be, you know, just the most evil person, it's just somebody who, you know, is, you know, a little bit jovial, just a regular dude until you peel back the layer and you find out that no, 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 he is just terrified of, you know the idea. What if the timeline breaks for him? For everyone, he knows that nothing good is going to happen. Everything is going to just explode. Yeah, and it 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 reminded me of uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, at the end, you see yeah. uh, the guy who is not actually a wizard, but he's just a tech. You see James Franco from James Franco. Oz the Great Powerful. Remember. He was in Austin. Yes, Austin yeah. the Great Powerful. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you just caught me off guard with James Franco. James like, oh, Franco! Oh, Loki and Sylvie go to the Citadel at the end of the world. They talk to Miss Minutes, and who is there? It's James Franco, everyone. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, let, let me tell you. Jonathan Majors, who played Who He Remains, he did it so perfect. Like, what a he, performance. You know, like he was just a normal guy who was trying to do everything right, and he wanted to remain balanced in the universe. No, he's not Thanos, uh, and mm-hmm. you no, know, he he wants to do the right thing. What you just said, yeah, he would. He just you know looking to you know uh, to fix the universe, fix the timeline. Um, but then he scared himself. He's scared of Kang, and um, so he lets. Uh, the whole uh, he lets um, Loki and Sylvie to decide on he who remains 
fate, you know, the, his future. Like, you can run the TVA, or you could kill me and let this have this whole multiversal war. So, and it got me, it like, as the audience, like, oh my God, wait, he is he telling the truth or not? And, you know, it goes back and forth and back, back and forth, and you go, oh my God, he, he, that what makes the character good, like, with the dialogue, you know, he's yeah, this the, the, character. Him. He's a very powerful character yeah. that we didn't real we even realize because in Marvel comics we only heard him like, uh, like a few words, you know, like from him, you know, in from Marvel comics because yeah. we, he he doesn't really affect us. But now he's this very very powerful character, powerful than Thanos and powerful than any villain that you can think of. More mm. apart from um, yeah, he was or, the the idea yeah. that he brings about this question in Loki and Sylvie is he telling the truth? And the idea that you know he breaks them apart you know sylvie's betrayal of loki is such a heartbreaking thing because you know she's so convinced that you know loki is lying to her when he genuinely believes you know what he's doing and i think you know what is perfect about this episode is that it doesn't do what wandavision did it doesn't end with a huge battle in the sky between you know two insanely powerful characters it doesn't it doesn't deal with a whole lot of action there is a small bit of action, a small toe-to-toe battle that, you know, that is purely, you know, it's not, it's not about the fight. It's about the words they're saying each, to each other. It's about the climax of everything that they've been told that will affect the multiverse. And, you know, they, they root everything in character so much. And what I, what I absolutely loved was, you know, the after Loki got kicked back into the TVA, you get the time, you get like a good, you know, portion of time just to sit with him. There's a beautiful frame of him just sitting there and crying because, you know, he has been the good person. He has, you know, found like, he's found somebody who can really love and, 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 you know, he wants to do the, the right thing for once, but, you know, she didn't trust him and he couldn't trust himself. And, you know, and, and he even says something like, you know, I can't be trusted and you can't trust anyone. And it's so yeah. heartbreaking because that is exactly what it's like. You know, he, there was no other way, you know, in the words yeah. of Doctor Strange, that was all that could have happened. And it was, it was heartbreaking. And then it even gets worse for him with the, the, yeah. the cliffhanger of the episode, which oh, I think was cliffhanger. the oh, perfect right. way to end it. Yeah. So he goes back to the TVA or the, different tv i we don't know and then uh he sees mobius and b15 uh, b15 i, yes. I don't know yeah, yeah b15 and they talk about like did he want us to do this why why you want to do yeah. this like what's, war? what's going on and then loki's like we freed the timeline we we must uh, we can't stop this and then maybe it's like whoa 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 you're an analyst and you yeah, go what like, 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 like who, that who, who, are you? Everything. who are you again and i think it was amazing that instead of leaving it there, you get that final, you know, image of the huge Kang statue with, and he's wearing, he doesn't have the helmet, but he's wearing his comic book outfit, which was perfect. And you know, immediately that's him. And the use of the green theme, which is probably my favorite theme in the show, you know, the dun, 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 dun. Like that is like the perfect way to, um, you know, finish. Because it's like such a slap in their face, and it's like, what happens now? And of course, we are de- we are getting season two, which is amazing. But also, 
It's a little bit sad because one of the pieces of news we got this week that I thought I'd leave till now is that Kate Heron, yeah. the director of these episodes, yeah. isn't returning for season two. Yeah, and that really broke me. I was like, no, yeah, that's sad. Please, she did such a, she did such a good job. Yeah. Oh However, God, because... you know, Kevin Feige said, he said that we don't want everyone to be contracted in. We want people to do it because they want to, not because they are, you know, bound by a contract. And I think that's fair. I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, hopefully she'll return. Uh, and yeah, you, you know, being this director and she made this incredible show because, you, did. you know, the first half was a bit slow, but then the second half, I'm like, whoa, well, yeah, this is amazing. This I mean, is an amazing you would, concept. You said to me, you think this is your favorite of the three shows. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I think I agree. I think at the end of the day, maybe I had more, maybe I enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier more week by week, but I think this show is better. I think it's tighter. I think, you know, my only real criticism of it is that, as you said, the, the pacing in the first couple of episodes wasn't the best, but I think it was great. And the Hollywood Reporter has reported that Loki is going to appear in the Multiverse of Madness. So maybe we'll be seeing Loki, oh. you know, alongside <laughs> Doctor Strange and, and Scarlet Witch. Maybe we'll be seeing, you know, some real, like, multiversal adventures in that film. Oh, uh, and it just, you know, we didn't even realise about this, like, the whole multiverse, uh, multiverse uh, idea. Because, you know, we've seen it before. But, you know... Um... Throughout the Marvel films, uh, we've seen that the one target uh, or like the end game for this whole franchise was Thanos. You know, yeah. we slowly build him up, but now we just like got this huge introduction of Ken the Conqueror, and we got oh my god, he's yeah. the biggest threat already. We we know there's a bigger threat, and I think. This has opened the door for so many things. Obviously, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and No Way yeah. Home will be dealing with multiverse stuff. But we've also got, you know, other things. Thor, Love and Thunder. Is Lady Thor going to be a variant? I've heard that thrown about. The Eternals, in the trailer, they say we haven't interfered until now. Maybe the reason why they haven't interfered is because the multiverse has just been opened up. There are so many possibilities, which is insane. Oh my god! And uh, well, originally, uh, you know, for the plot twist for the end of the episode, I thought Loki was in a different TVA. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. That that could be another thing. Uh, because I was thinking that K- Kang can't have like one TVA because that wouldn't, you know, balance a lot of things. Because a lot of things would happen in throughout the timeline, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. a lot of things. So what if he made multi- uh, like different TVAs? And that would be mind blown because you know, uh, th- he would show he's that powerful. And but if he's in the main TVA of you know where everyone where shit knows about Ken the Conqueror, uh, and you know trying to fix the timeline for himself. So this this is such a crazy, crazy comic. Uh, no, sorry, crazy TV show because you know it really centers around this whole. Uh, idea of time and i love the opening of this uh, episode because you can hear the characters throughout yes. uh, like ca- characters speak and that was like the most important thing of the show because it's it was about a very time. yeah it was a very chilling opening uh, yeah i thought yeah. that the whole episode was just so well done and the one thing that really impacted me was like the the song it's been a long 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 time yes and that and these characters speaking uh uh as i said you know it's really important for um for this 
this is the next phase for for the mm. Marvel thing, and we're getting the idea of you know who the villain is and where we're going to get the concept of time. So, and it, it's going to yeah. be amazing. I, I really um, love stuff like that because you know, as much as I'm critical of the Marvel films, you know, I've grown up with these films. You know, I've watched every one of the cinemas since Thor, and it's you know, I, I hear stuff like that, and I really look back at it with you know, with a smile because. You know, they're so they have done some really, really cool stuff, and I'm really proud of that. And watching yeah. Loki is so rewarding, you know, and it makes me feel like I'm a kid again. It makes me excited, like I used to be when I watched stuff like Infinity War. And it, it honestly is so, so cool. Yeah, and it, it, you know, uh, throughout the uh, intro, you can hear uh, different uh, Loki's talking. Um, oh, really? So you got Loki uh, when he was a baby. You mm-hmm. got Loki in the uh, the capsule in the shield helicarrier uh, heli- yeah. in Avengers, and you've got the one where he's fighting Valkyrie. I don't know. I I don't know. But the, these different uh, Loki's, you know, throughout the uh, Marvel history. Uh, it just gives her like an importance of Loki. What what is she trying to do there? And you know, uh, and it's it's going to be mind blowing. You know, with Kang the Conqueror and with the Avengers and the multiverse, and it's going to be a bigger threat than anything. So yeah, 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 hundred percent. So, what would you give this episode out of ten? Oh, uh, I want to give it a nine or a ten. I'm honestly. I can't decide what I don't like about this episode. So I would be inclined to give it a 10. However, because it's not my favorite, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the whole idea of Miss Minutes, you know, mm. what's she trying to do? And, you know, at the end, she gives vial, uh, files to Wenslayer. Yeah. Well, I mean, to Wednesday. be fair, I think my, maybe what I would say is that I would have liked to see more from Mobius, Renslayer, and B15. Yeah. I feel like there was a little yeah, bit of that, but not quite enough. Um, now, the final thing I want to talk about for Loki is I'm interested. How would you rank the six episodes from favorite to least favorite? Um, so I'll, um, I'll, I'll do you want me to go first and you can give a little yeah, bit of you time go first, you go first, okay yeah. so um number uh number six is episode two it's just a little bit forgettable i can't really remember what happens in this one um it wasn't necessarily bad but you know again early on the pacing wasn't really there you know the plot wasn't really moving and then i got episode three um i really like the development between loki and sylvie in this one i like the change of location but again it did feel like a bit of a side quest i would liked it if it tied into the plot a little bit more and then episode one which i think you know again plot wasn't uh you know plot and character balancing you know the pacing wasn't great but there were some great scenes like with loki seeing his life and then episode four i think again the top half of the season is so good episode four was everything changed you got so much character of all different things the plot starts to unravel and the timekeeper's mystery which i think was so so cool and then and then episode six loved it as we just talked about kang was great the whole like prospects of the future was great the 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 final climax not being all action was amazing and then episode five still the best the void was such a cool concept all the stuff of sylvie and loki developing their relationship was ace seeing all the different lokis was so much fun classic loki is the mvp of the season what a guy i loved him (laughs) so much and 
another another time when plot and character were balanced perfectly with a little bit of action sprinkled in there and i loved it definitely so yeah that's my ranking what about you uh wow okay so okay so i'm gonna you know give them a 10 for uh, Mm -hmm. each episode so episode one uh i thought the episode was uh a good introduction to the character i thought it was a bit slow okay uh but i'll I'll give it a seven so episode two um uh, you know we get an idea of who um sylvie is you know get an idea you know what loki's trying to do or what's her goal uh, for for the episode so i thought that was a good one but it felt a bit slow in this one because it, it was it was a little bit expedi- uh, expositional you know giving us times you know who loki and sylvie you know what the end game was so i would give that a seven because i i really liked that one because it with the music and yeah uh, yeah yeah and then episode three uh i thought it was okay uh you know but seeing the relationship between the um loki and sylvie and you know the background and uh, and the relationship you know discovering you know what they're trying to do uh on lamentus and with the tva uh, as well so um i would give that a seven but everything changes when we get to episode three what is it was it no sorry that was episode three episode four yeah, everything changes. Uh, episode four. Episode uh, four, the new hope. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. Th- things get really interesting uh, for for this because we're seeing the timekeepers, but they're not timekeepers. They're robots. They're replicants. Uh, so, um, so the robots, and it, it things get really interesting. It quickens up the pace. And it, it deep dives into what the TVA is trying to do, and uh, and we we think about Renslayer. We think about like the characters, you know, with Mobius, and uh, and like what what TVA's intentions are trying to do. You know, what they're trying to do. So I give that episode a nine or an eight, uh, depending on that, because I really enjoyed that one. And then episode five, oh, episode five was a gem uh, because you got classic Loki. Oh my god! You know that scene. You know, like glorious purpose. You know, he self sacrificed himself yes. to you know get um, Sylvie and Loki to the end of time, uh, their place uh, defeat Elioth. So uh, and the into this void that that was great because you know it gives us the concept where um, things get pruned and it gives us like subtle um, uh, Easter eggs for. Um, for you know, can the conqueror you know the king industries, uh, and the void you know being this place for Loki's not to have you know not be there uh, to to belong there and you know giving us oh the TVA the TVA hates Loki's uh, so yeah um also I really that I really like that one so I give it and uh, yeah nine. Uh, because you know, classic Loki was just the MPV of this se- uh, this season. Uh, so then 100%. the final episode, I give this a ten. Ooh, I've, been th- nice. I've been thinking so because I can't think anything bad about it because it really sets up for the next phase in Marvel. Yeah, um, and you know who we who we dealing with uh, who we dealing with this uh, this whole character, and I I really like this because it goes okay. Um, we're doing this. We're doing it right now. We're going to show what's happening, 
and we're giving this whole multiverse of war and we're going to see different multiverses and we you know we're not you know uh getting this long five uh, five years period you know because of you know of one villain that's going to show up you know what i mean like with thanos yeah, 100%. yeah with that one that was a bit long i was like where, where's thanos we want to see him but that, that was a bit long because you know uh we, we i although i enjoyed that film infinity war so uh again this idea we're getting straight away we're gonna go oh my god we're gonna explore in the multiverse we're gonna explore what kang is trying to do especially in ant-man and quantumania uh so uh yeah so 10 out, 10 out yeah. 10 for the last episode. Whoever thought that I would be excited for Ant-Man 3? <laughs> Not me, but here we are, and, and I'm excited. Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen next. Mm. Yeah. Indeed, right. Let's talk about our main segment, even though that, that felt like the main segment. Wait, 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 wait. What we give the entire season? Oh, um... A 10. Who, 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 who? You can give it a 10? Uh, the the entire season. So oh, I didn't I, give it. Uh, I thought you said I, ten, and I was like, "Excuse me." Um, ooh, Jeremy. Oh, um, hmm. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten or nine out of ten. Yeah, I think I'll go with eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely eight. my favorite yeah. of the shows so far. Very close to Falcon Winter Soldier, and definitely a top tier Marvel project. Hmm. Yeah. It, it felt, you know, fresh and we watchable, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. to explore more of the characters, Definitely. you know. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for season two. Yeah, season two, baby. Yay. Woohoo. Yeah. Let's talk about monsters at work. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel, the sequel show to Monsters Inc. The sequel show. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who would uh, would have known about the show? I know oh, it's it's so weird, isn't it? Like I never thought because obviously Monsters Inc. Obviously we have Monsters University as well, and Monsters Inc. ends on such a perfect note. Where did you go from there? You know they've solved the energy crisis. You know the emotional story with Sully and Boo is you know complete. You know Mike and Celia have everything has been closed up, and I think immediately. Spoilers for Monsters at Work, by the way, for episodes one, two, and three. Those are the three episodes out currently. Um, and I think immediately the thing that I loved the most about it is that it's set straight after Monsters Inc., but before they get the i, but before like the epilogue. So this is before they have like properly established the yeah um the idea of joking. What what's the what's the What's the what's what's their like motto now? Uh it's laughter we after. Yeah, it's laughter we're after, that's right. Um so it's before you know they so that in this show that we're kind of seeing that they're beginning to establish this new norm in the monster world. Um and immediately I think that's really interesting, you know, that it's not a smooth transition. And that makes sense, you know, because it wouldn't be. You've done you've done screaming and scaring for so long that, you know, you can't just you can't just, you know, go straight straight to that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, Tyler um just got into Monsters Incorporated after yes. graduating. And, you know, it's really hard for him because he's been like a scarer for a long time, and then he has to learn you know being a jokester so yes. um, yeah that was i i really enjoyed like 
one of the opening scenes was um was in monster university he was um he was like in a class with the teacher that sully and mike have at the beginning of monster university and that just made me really happy because it was like you know it recognizes monster you know both films it's not just you know, a sequel to Monsters, Inc., but it's a sequel to Monster University as well. It's the natural yeah. progression of this world. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like, immediately, we got so many things that made me smile, you know? You got, like, the two guys, you know, the two, um, like, the cleanup guys. Workers, cleaners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who were like, oh, man. Oh, can't, you see, can't you see he's having a mental moment? <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Like, that was just show, so good. Show, this show is actually quite funny. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's loads and, of fun, uh, isn't it? Yeah, so it's so fun to watch. Uh, honestly, with like scenes with Sully and uh, with Mike, uh, I think it's and- safe to say that Sully and Mike are the best part of the show. Obviously, uh, uh, Billy honestly. Crystal and 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 you know and and John Goodman have a perfect chemistry. We've known that for ages. We've known that ever since Monsters Inc came out, and the thing that I least like about it is they don't get as much to do, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to see them more of what to do. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I was want to talk about, like, in one episode, I think it was episode two, where uh-huh. um, Mike has that <laughs> energy. Yeah, he has, like, a 36-hour then... energy drink. <laughs> no, there's six and a half energy drink. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the morning joke, because, you know... There's the 72 hour uh, drink, and then they decided not to, you know, okay, we can't have that bullet placement. So then they do they six half an hour. Yeah. So that's funny. Uh, and the, the one thing that just really made me laugh when um, Mike gets uh, tired uh, after, you know, from <laughs> doing the other laughter. <laughs> it, it's on, just Joe, hilarious. You can get it. You, it. Just, you got it. Okay. So he gets tired after, you know, uh, or gets stuck into the store and then gets it out and then you just fall flat on the floor and then uh, Celia <laughs> just lays down this blanket. This tiny blanket that barely fits him. It's like you're not going to pick him up and like move him into the other room. You're not going to like take him home, you know, order a taxi or something. He's just lay on the floor and she's like, okay, we'll just leave him here, shall we? <laughs> leave him on the <laughs> joke floor. just made me laugh so hard. Oh my God. Um... Oh, I love that. I love the the, the writing in this one as well. It's it's yeah. not you know cringy. It feels fresh. You know, it's understand these characters. And, there are you know, some obviously our, our main kind of new cast of the other Mifters, and um, I don't know all their names yet, so I wouldn't be able to to talk about each person's name. Mifter, Mifter, Mifter. Um, Mifter. But um, I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and get their their names up right now so I can. Like... Uh, okay, you got Duncan. You've yeah, got... I remember Duncan. I don't know what the fluffy banana cake. Like... <laughs> but... Oh Val. Oh. Oh. oh yeah, that was Winchester. That was his name, Winchester the uh, banana. Yes, of course. Guy. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the one he was thing that he was a great character. Well. That was a really good uh, idea. Yeah, Winchester at the beginning of like the episode, he was just. Slowly patting his banana bread, <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's Fritz as well. Oh, Fritz, yeah. That's and then the Duncan and Cutter. 
Cutter. So, yeah, Cutter, yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Cutter had some of the best lines. She's just kind of like talking about all the people who have died. And like they'll be talking about, it and she'll be like, "Yeah, this reminds me of, of of my good friend who got stuck in the vents, and we never saw him again." And she's and then she's like, "I can still hear the screams," and it's like really morbid and dark. And I think it's a really nice little. Um, they showed signs of that in Monsters University with the. I don't know if it's the same writers or anything, um, but in Monsters University, you've got the uh, the Uzma Kappa um, folks, and you had like a little bit of like you know undertones of like dark stuff like with with art being like i can't go back to prison and it's like you know i like that stuff because i think that kind of comedy and that's the kind of comedy that um the the uh, billy crystal does does really well this kind of witty comedy that, that isn't that, that, that is quite subtle um and i did think that i uh, the mifters were a bit annoying they were a bit in my face yeah you know yeah like yeah, I feel, I feel like they were the weak point for me. Yeah, and I feel like that they were the weakest part of the show because mm. I mean, it wasn't pushing the story a bit because well, we were trying to understand, you know, Tyler's character arc throughout this. Uh, yeah. You know, he wants to be a jokester, and uh, he's trying to get his way through. And and but also, you know, what Sully said at the end of the first episode, we worked in the mailroom and we got up to being CEO. Anything's possible. Yeah, so, exactly. There, there, there's, yeah. A, there's, you know, there's there's a bit of hope in that. And and, you know. Again, I love how, you know, the show uses elements from both um, Monsters University and Monsters Inc. I like um I think the animation's quite good. Um, yeah. But there's so many times. <laughs> now, I sent you a couple of videos in episode three. Yeah. yeah during the baseball, in the baseball match. They're just characters in the background who are just like, like, like idle sims. And like, you don't get a lot of like really wide shots for these people. So they're very, they were very obvious to me. You could just see people just standing there, like staring blankly ahead swaying side to side slightly in the baseball game whenever they cut for anyone who's going to watch this whenever they cut to a wide shot of sully and mike sitting there in the top right corner it's just the monster just standing there with a blank expression on his face just staring into the distance and it's it's pretty terrifying and in the top left i think yeah top left oh yeah top uh, left yeah 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 and <laughs> it's just quite funny to see the media animation but um yeah but honestly but, i mean uh, it's yeah. you know the textures right. and everything are all there you know considering it's a tv show you know it looks pretty good yeah it looks pretty good yeah and it's quite it's hilarious you know <laughs> yeah 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 um I, I think i mean if you look at a particularly episode um i think episode three was my least favorite which is weird because i think episode three is the funniest episode however with the mike and sully plot line it was basically just a, a very strange ripoff of Monsters Inc. Yeah, you know, like a child gets stuck in the in the in the um in the monster world and they have to take care of it. And it was quite dismissive of Monsters Inc. as well. You know, they kind of made jokes about Boo, even though it hasn't been that long. Sully should still be like soul crushed about it. You know, even at the end in the epilogue of Monsters Inc., he's still soul crushed about it. And then Mike just talks about how he doesn't care 
about Boo. And it's like, no, no, he do, that's his character arc in the first film is that he learns to care for Boo. Like, you know, like he, he, he learns to have empathy, you know, about her. And that's like, and I feel like they kind of disregarded that a little bit. And I did think that was a shame. But what I did like was the Mifters making up the, the, ch- the children's room. Like, there's a lot of subtle world building of the Mifters. Like, yeah, what happens if the doors break down? What happens if, like, somebody like, accidentally damages the, the, the room while they're in there? And <laughs> there was a funny moment where Duncan has to pretend to be the baby <laughs> when he's asleep. Oh. <laughs> and oh, then the, oh, and the parents was- are like, sweetie... Are you okay? And bearing in mind, this is a toddler who cannot speak. And the, the parents are like, sweetie, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine, mother and father. Go back to sleep. Thank and you, parents. Instead of them being like, oh my God, why is he speaking? They're like, oh my God, her first words. She's going to be so intelligent. We're great <laughs> parents. Let's go and tell everyone. It was just like the funniest thing. So unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. So I think I think the unexpected comedy uh, moments are the best parts. There's a there's a, there are little Mike's comedy class segments at the end of every episode, and in the third episode, the whoopee cushion joke. Did you see it? Did you yeah. see it? Yeah. I'm not sure if it was like it's not like a proper post credit scene, but the whoopee cushion joke was amazing they're like here's an excellent form of joke like this is like a human thing it's called a whoopee cushion and he blows it up and he just puts it on a stool next to a thing and he's like any moment now and he just kind of they just wait and then like he ends up like having to like check the instructions and he ends up sitting on it and obviously it farts and then there's like a huge silence and one of the monsters just goes you killed him like (laughs) they just like there's some really good like you know uses of like you know twisting what you might expect but i think you know the goofy comedy was the stuff that i didn't like yeah with the mifters yeah yeah with the mifters there were there you know there were points where they were like you know when they're doing the initiation um with um tyler it was like you know it was so on the nose and so kind of like oh look how goofy we are and it's just like you just if if this wasn't here, you know, we could have some genuine kind of moments between them where they, you yeah. know, they show that they're a little bit annoying, not as annoying as they're presented. They're presenting so annoying, but they could, you know, they could be a little less annoying and and you know, still but still present that you know that they're nice to Tyler and they're good to him and that he might be a little bit dismissive of them. There's a really good moment in episode three where Tyler's made Val a little you know upset because he says that he doesn't remember her and then he goes to her at the end and he's like i do remember you we sat next to each other and we ate my favorite sweets you know it's just a really nice little moment but i feel like with the mifters again my least favorite part of the show they're just so over character they're so like caricatures of themselves just like the the, the uzma kappa people were in monsters university they're just like such stereotypes they're taken to the extreme yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm just trying to think about other things about the you know, monsters, monsters in inks. But yeah, I think it's it's a funny show. Um, you know, with the characters, uh, it, you know, I I don't know. It's just yeah. It's, I think yeah. I, th- I think it's a 
it's it's a, it's an intelligent. I don't know how many seasons they're planning to do, or whether this is a limited series. Yeah, it feels like but, an anthology with the, but I think like with yeah. the winning, especially what Gus says, oh, poor poor Steve, he he's gone and yeah he, yeah exactly yeah. like that stuff's like really cool, and I think it's a it's a logical way to continue the world without making it you know like without kind of repeating stuff or kind of you know struggling too much. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like we've had a lot of Mike. And I love Mike, but I'd like a little bit more Sully. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, Sully I'm, isn't I'm doing Sully. a whole lot. Yeah. He's kind of just there. Um, and you know, to tell the truth, I generally would like you know to hear you know hear more from him because he's obviously John Goodman proved to be a very lovable character in in Monster Inc. Monster University. Has a very like has a very big heart, but is also you know. A bit of a big old, you know. Uh, I love, um, you know, a character, you know, that is extremely loved by fans. But you yeah, know, he's uh, a bit of a lovable yeah. brute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like. He's just a big bear, you know. He's yeah. a big old bear. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel like he doesn't really get much to do. And Mike's in the, been the center so far. I'd like to see him do a little bit more. Um, uh, one character who I don't like is Rose. You know Roz's sister. Oh, she just yeah. She she's there. She's just just there. Just she's just around. a copy of of Roz. Like you can't like, you can't do Roz now because she was undercover and she's left. Just do a different kind of receptionist. You know, do not a receptionist, but you know what I mean. A different kind of like that role can be filled by somebody else who isn't just the exact same character. Rose is basically just Roz. Yeah. And it, yeah, she's just there, just standing around, not doing anything. I mean, on, uh, at the post-credit scene, the Mike's comedy, she's like, uh, knock, knock, who's there? Police. Police who? Please end this song. Oh, is it episode one or two? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. She's just like, She's just like they did the same thing in Monsters um, University. They had Roz in there for like a scene. Two seconds. Yeah, just for like, you know, the sake of being like, oh, look, it's Roz. I don't think we need that. I really don't. I think that, you know, she was funny in Monsters Inc., but I feel like leave it there. Like if they have any more encounters with the, uh, what, what are they called? You know, like the uh, the like the people who were like who burst through the windows and stuff. Uh, what? You know the you know the Ross is the head of that corporation, and the guy's like twenty four nineteen. We have a twenty four nineteen, and they all oh, come 20, through the windows. Twenty nineteen, twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What what are they called? I, I have no idea. Well, them. Uh, if they have any more encounters them. with them, that's when you can bring Ross back. But I feel like Rose is just a bit of a pointless character who's only there yeah. as an excuse to do more Roz. It's I like Wazowski. Yeah, just more of that. <laughs> yeah, comedy. exactly. Yeah. She's just like, you know, doing that voice and do you know having very dry wit. But you've already got some dry wit from Cutter. Cutter can, you know, do that character or just introduce another character. You know, it's not difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I'm yeah. Yeah, 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 I love, I love, I love the show. It's, you yeah, know, it's funny. I'm enjoying it's fun. it. But I wish there was more characters, you know, to explore more. You yeah. know, to you know, you know, to understand the whole situation as well. Yeah, so. I feel like because it's Monsters Inc. 
after Monsters Inc. and Monster University, even though Monster University isn't as good, they both have a very, very strong emotional core and they both have really, you know, really good messages. And I feel like this show, maybe it will have that. I don't know. Season one isn't over yet. But I feel like that's what I want to find from this show, you know? Um, and we've got yeah we've got laughs and we've got a little bit of character building and world building but i want i want i want some of those big hard-hitting moments because you know just because it's an animated show for kids doesn't mean it can't be you know sophisticated i mean the monster Inc. is an animated film for kids and it's one of the best and it's so sophisticated despite being you know at times pretty like you know simple comedy but it's that simple comedy works if uh, this stuff kind of goes a bit like too far Mm. yeah i feel like they go a bit far yeah what you said it goes a bit far but then it can it it will become a little bit stale sometimes with the jokes but um, yeah definitely um yeah but overall yeah it's a fun show to watch yeah definitely Uh, what what would you give it out of 10 so far uh eight all right i think i'll go i think i'll go a seven just a little bit below an eight um oh yeah yeah Uh, mm, mm. Yeah, I might have to go with seven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have to go with you. Yeah, seven because I feel like yeah, what you said about the jokes with the pointless characters, with um the things. But although it does explore with the characters as well, you know, with Mike uh, and Tyler as well, what his motivations? You know, he wants to be uh, a jokester. You know, wants to be one of the best up there, and he's trying to f- work his way through. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not messy, but you know they could work some. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm characters. seeing similarities between Tyler's arc and Mike's arc in Monster University. You know, Mike goes oh, to university yeah. wanting to be a scarer and has to face the truth the truth that he can't be a scarer and that no amount of work will make him a scarer. But he can be good at other things. You know, there's a really good video essay about Monster University and its uh, commentaries on disabilities. I I can't. I've only watched it once, so I can't remember exactly what it says. Uh, but it, it was has autism, a really actually. It was Pardon? autism. Yeah, right. Uh, exactly. It was it was talking about the the commentary on that and about how Mike, you know, the, the whole thing about his character is that you know he's not just going to learn. He's not just going to be able to like all of a sudden like you know he puts in the effort, of course, but he's not gonna. He can't do it. You know, it's never going to happen. But he can he can be a great person in other ways. You know, and I feel like I feel like that's where Tyler's arc's going. I feel like similarly Tyler's going to be um uh you know he's not going to be a jokester. He's going to stay with the Mifters. I just have a feeling that's where it's going. You know, that just kind of gives me those similar vibes. Yeah. But I do appreciate how he's a different character from Mike and Sully. Different personality, you know, different. He's kind of a mix between the two. You know, he's not, you know, he's not like exactly got the um, same lovableness as um, as Sully. Bit of a dick, really. And that's kind of also what, what, what Mike can be sometimes. A little bit inconsiderate. And I feel like... Um, you know, it it's good that they're not they're not repeating everything. They're putting a similar character. They're putting a different character in a similar situation to Mike. It doesn't feel like just a repeat for the sake of it. it you know, it feels a little bit more sophisticated than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with with a similar character arc as well. Um, yeah. But hopefully, they'll explore more of that. Maybe for like to, like see a different. You know, I think for Tyler, you know, not have that same mm. same similarities, Definitely. but you know, we want to see like the character be unique as well. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so we're not going to be talking about monsters in, uh, at work every week. We might talk about it in the viewing segment when it ends, 
but yeah, we just thought we'd we'd give a little we would talk a little bit about it and and yeah, let's move on to viewing, shall we? Yes. All right, I'll let you start off with uh, your first thing you've watched this week. Um, okay. Uh, this one. Uh, okay, I've watched a film called Only God Forgives. I have finally watched it, ladies and gents. It's been so the long. film that I, I have previously, uh, previously teased in the last few <laughs> episodes in the podcast. You did it. Uh, but this one disappointed me. Oh, really? Yeah, because... Um, okay, it was a weird film. It, it, it's weird, bad. Uh, this film because sometimes you can get the weirdness to you know get into you know into that good in, in that good bit you know like in 2001 yeah. you know uh, weirdness like the, ele- the weirdness elevates it yeah the weirdness elevates it and then you get to that uh to that bit in the story where you know it resolutes it and you go oh my god wow this this is great but it doesn't really does Anyway, okay. So the storyline is a bit, it's it's convoluted, it's it's cluttered, it's it's filled with the stuff that it goes through. I mean, it it's only an hour and a half film, um, and I thought, okay, they could you know expand it more, you know, with characters, you know, we gotta explore more of that characters, but it doesn't, it doesn't really. Well, it it does in some cases with uh two characters really, but then we don't go that into detail uh and we don't really know much about the intention of the character because it's ambiguous and uh it, 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 the characters are not that powerful throughout the film because it th- this film is very brutal it's weird and it's dark uh <laughs> those three words don't mix together but um but it's <laughs> It's such a weird film. This, uh, it's weird and then well, it's not weird than the lighthouse, but the lighthouse did justice in that with the weirdness as well. Uh, but this one, it really, it, it, well, the one thing that really impressed me was the acting and the cinematography. The cinematography in this was just breathtaking. You go, wow, this this is great. But then, it, it with the script work as well. And, and the dialogue, it doesn't, it doesn't impact me as well. Yeah, I mean, one character does, but I mean, with the other characters, it doesn't, they, they felt like uh, the the other characters are just like side characters. They don't really, you know, have that impact to the story as well. And I was thinking, oh, what? Really? You know, they could, you know, they could do so much more into it, but they decided to leave out characters as well. And they have these weird bits throughout the film. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's I don't know how to spoil it. <laughs> That's the problem because there's so much stuff to talk about in, in this film. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um, well, the but... one question on my mind is... Yeah, tell me. Yeah, shoot. Is Gosling good in it? Yes, he's great. Okay. He's great in it with the acting as well. Uh, and he's 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 very scary in this one. <laughs> he's, a, right. he's a scary character uh, in this one. Uh, but the writing was a bit, what the heck? Like, why did I have to write that uh, as well? Yeah. And it, it's it's a dark film at the, at the beginning, uh, and they have these weird bits, and they don't really go back to the dark elements in this film. They just go onto this tangent of 
uh, of revenge, of betrayal. There was no betrayal in this one, I don't think. There's no betrayal whatsoever in this film. In the DVD box, it talks about the, the synopsis. It says, the story is about revenge, betrayal. There's no betrayal in this film <laughs> whatsoever. And... Maybe and they put it, it, maybe they put the wrong disc in in the in the in the Blu-ray case. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, it, it's so the film's set in uh, Bangkok, and it, it focus uh, it focuses on uh, Ryan Gosling's character. Um, I, I forgot his name. <laughs> um, okay, so Ryan, Ryan Gosling's character, character Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Uh, so he he's uh he sets up this uh Thai fighting club uh so people can watch people uh fight. Wait, wait, wait. a Thai uh, fighter club? No, <laughs> he gets he gets Thai fighters from Star Wars. This no, sounds great. No, sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. The, the language <laughs> like Thai. Uh, it, it, I don't know why that came to my mind. Like, okay, it's a fight, it's a, a boxing club, and people can watch uh, people fight. But really, it sets up as uh, a drug fund. You know, oh, people good. can need drugs into this. So, you're like, oh, that's an interesting idea. But no, it doesn't really go into the idea of yeah them into this crime syndicate as well. Uh, they're doing, but. They just don't go back to the idea. They're just going back to the whole one synopsis. They don't go have that A plot and B plot. They just have this one synopsis for the film. And you go, oh, right, this is empty. This is a really empty film. And uh, I wish they can explore more about, about the characters, you know, what their conflicts, what they're, what, what, what they're trying to do. How are we going to align with them? But no, it doesn't really go for it. Uh, and it, it, it really disappointed me as well. Uh-huh. But the one thing that I realized was the... Um, the cinematography and acting because the cinematography is just breathtaking. And the problem with this film is style over substance. Um, that's the problem with films because, you know, you got that style, go, wow, this looks amazing. But then the substance, they just lack it. They just lack the substance because it, it, the substance is the most important thing about the film with the dialogue, with the characters, and they push the story uh, as well with. Uh, some character background as well, but they do do they do a little bit of character background as this, but it it doesn't really do anything justice in this film. So this film was empty, and it really disappointed me again. Sorry, I, I keep saying disappointed, uh, but uh, John, I have a feeling Drive, that you were very disappointed about this film. <laughs> um, yeah, whoever seen Drive, that was the same director for this film. Really? Yeah. Scandal. Oh my god. Yeah. Because Drive is his most conventional film that people have been saying, and his films are really inspired by David Lynch, and the films uh, that he does are ambiguous. So only God forgives us that, and it doesn't really go into the theme of religion because I just don't know why it, it only says only God forgives, but I mean it it doesn't even mention God in this a little bit, but. Are you sure that this film isn't actually like t- three hours long and you just turned it off? Uh, no, no, it, it's. Let me get the box. Yeah, just give me a second, ladies and gents. So the running time for this film is ninety minutes. All right. You know what? I'm gonna watch it. I'll watch it. I'll I'll, I'll give you my thoughts next week. 
Um, I got the film right here, so yeah. Um, but it is great to watch on Blu-ray, not with the story as well, but the cinematography. And it's a brutal film. Oh damn it! You're you're isolating. I can't borrow it off you. Okay, when you're finished isolating, uh, I'll borrow it off you. Obviously, yeah. I'll be. Um, you still got my Suicide Squad Blu-ray. I can't believe <laughs> it. I want. I want. Uh, so, I want to watch it again. I don't. Yeah, we're doing Suicide Squad in, in three weeks, by the way. <laughs> Surprise. I'm just going to give it a five out of ten. Oh, oh no. man, that sucks. Or four out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to oh, give it a four out of ten. That sucks. That sucks. Because I was really looking forward to see, oh, God, oh this is going to be great. But again, it, it did not succeed uh, with my expectations. Um, oh, um, why smokes? I don't know what word is. But... Um, yeah, I, I do not recommend it, but a lot of people, and I did see a lot of reviews about this film. Uh, it has been mixed, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see the point of this film. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a hard film to watch, really. That's sad. Um, right. Well, Tom, I'll I'll try and make you a little bit more happy because I watched a, a film that I really enjoyed. Um, this film was called Edge of Tomorrow. Oh um, yeah, baby. Tom Cruise, yeah. of course, Emily Tom Blunt Cruise. in a in a great action film um, that is, you know, very much kind of like a Groundhog Day situation. Um, and I thought it was just a very, very clever film, the way that it's structured, the way that it, you know, oh, yeah. it utilizes the mechanics of the world that it's presenting. It doesn't bother with like huge world, world building. And that is a good thing. Too many films these days, you know they're just so bothered with trying to make a universe out of it and this film doesn't want to do that apparently there's going to be a sequel it doesn't need that you know it it's it's so perfect in in you know in its story everything in it is is you know just works perfectly you know the way that it the way that it's structured is is you know really good you know its alignment is wonderful in, in a way of you know um making you feel exactly what you know the main character is feeling um and as i said it's very much like groundhog day but it, it it's it's groundhog day in a way that you know gives you so many more kind of it's so much more intense i guess yeah and i think that is yeah that is a really you know important part of this film um and and i, I love you know so much of it like you know the 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 characters are all really well defined and uh, well acted and you know you get some really nice um stuff from, from tom cruise who particularly in the first half tom cruise plays very off type you know he's a very like he's a bit of an asshole and you know a, somebody doesn't want a, a deserter who's a bit of a coward you know um obviously you know I understand. I wouldn't want to fight in 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 a war against aliens either. But you know, the, you know, the idea that he was playing something completely different, I really, really appreciated that. And and yeah, the whole film, you know, its action was 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 really well shot. It was really well paced. I never found myself bored. And it ended on a perfect note that left enough plot threads hanging that I wasn't thinking like, oh, I want to know more. I was thinking that's perfect. It doesn't, you know, explain away everything, but it doesn't need to. And again, if they do make a sequel, I feel like they've got a tough act to follow. And, you know, it's one of those um, action films that I feel like will go down in time as, you know, one of the best of this decade uh, or the last decade, I guess, um, because of how 
clever it is and how com- uh, you know compact it is. And as um, I have heard it be described before um, by uh, a YouTuber who did a podcast about it, he talk- said that it's he described it as the perfect video game movie. And I would agree. I feel like it's exactly what you know a video game movie should be and it, and it encapsulates that spirit experience really well especially with some alignment yeah i'm gonna give it a okay um i don't know i don't know what i wouldn't what i don't like about it i think i'll give it a nine and I think maybe what I might change is that some of the background characters could be fleshed out a little bit more, especially considering how much time you get spent, you spend with them towards the beginning. Um, and obviously as the plot begins to take speed, they get kind of get left behind. But I would like them, especially for how, so J-Squad specifically, they're in it quite a bit at the beginning and then quite a bit at the end, but in the middle, they don't really get much. And I feel like they need a bit more to kind of de- um, develop who they are. Um, so yeah. Nine out of ten. Uh, yeah, I definitely think I'd recommend it. Wow. Yeah, it's a great film to watch. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what else have you watched this week? I have watched The Hateful Eight. Aha. Yeah. So this is uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, again, uh, with with the pointless. Uh, well, it, it's just set in a very 1800s but there was a lot of you know n-words in in in, the, in this one as well mm-hmm. with uh like with django unchained as well yeah uh and tarantino loves his n-words doesn't he he loves yeah, saying he them did. himself it's just it's very unnerving it, it's unnerving but uh yeah it's kind of a bit weird because he, he does like um he uses the um a black character, you know, in slavery, you know, yeah. in, in in Django, he fights his way, and you know, he frees everyone in the plantation. Uh, in Django, yeah, I think he did, yeah. Um, at the end, uh, spoilers for that. Sorry, there's gonna be uh, a, there's gonna be a Django Unchained sequel, not directed what? by Tarantino. Oh, oh, why? And it's gonna be a crossover with Zorro. Oh, Zorro. Yeah. I don't know if it's still happening, but I remember hearing about it. Um, yeah, tell me about the hateful eight. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, with the point, there's n words in this one as well. Uh, he does love his n words. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> he does love. He loves the word n words. Okay, he loves that one. Um, so um, so with this film, uh, yeah. Sorry, um, next year they're going to make a Django Zorro film, which is based off a book book written by Tarantino. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, I have once for a time Hollywood. Uh, yes. By and it's, it's quite, it's good. It's really, it's really good. And, really Zorro, good and Zorro's name is Don Diego de la Vega. I wonder if he's related to Vince, Vincent Vega and the other Vega in Reservoir Dogs. Oh Who wow! Knows? Yeah. So oh, wow. please continue. So right, so hey for eight, uh, with the with the n words and with all of that, uh, I thought the film was cleverly written, uh, written as well. Um, so the film is about these people. Um, I don't know. They they are like individual. Uh, they have their own thing. So one's a, crim- a criminal. Uh, one's uh, a bounty hunter. One's a retired um, uh, 
cavalry cavalry uh worker uh, i don't know um uh, an army surgeon i don't know uh one's a hangman one's uh and they have uh, their own ind- individual roles in this one yeah and it goes through by, bit by through uh, bit by bit and one of them is working for the criminal who is Daisy. So Daisy is like the one who gets uh, strapped um, by um, Kurt Russell's character, John Ruth. And they have to find out who is working for Daisy. So uh, they go through everything. And th- it's it's cleverly written as well. And it, it's quite intense as well, you know, going through the scenes. And it's only just set in one cabin in this whole um place called herbadashi i don't know what the place is there that's the place and they go through and it just intense uh as i just said and uh the music i have questionable stuff about the music because one's a bit modern like it, it works today with the music it, i think it was with um yeah i don't know but um but the characters the characters does really work really well throughout the film uh they find out about each about themselves, uh, and it, the the chapters. I really like the chapters because it, it, you know we get an idea of what's happening in this chapter, and uh, it, there's there's a lot. There, there wasn't there was there was a lot of violence in this one. Uh, wait, wait, I didn't mind, but uh, we know that Quentin Tarantino loves his violence. <laughs> uh, in one interview, Quentin Tarantino's talking to the woman and then uh, this woman's like uh, saying Quentin Tarantino why do you like violence and then and then Quentin Tarantino's like because I love violence Jane I love violence it works <laughs> uh that that's what you honestly says. you for any any Quentin Tarantino interview and you know it's gold he he loves just being so extravagant to the interviewers I'm shooting yeah. I'm shooting your butt down it's great yeah um oh yes a general uh he was a uh, general one i don't know the, the guy who plays uh well samuel jackson he plays as uh warren in this film yeah yeah uh but i thought it it, it was uh i thought it was good uh the cinematography was great uh because even though it was it was filmed on 70 millimeters uh i i knew about this before watching the film because i was looking at um digital and film and like what was the most important and quentin tarantino is very uh opposed to digital um yeah. nowadays because yeah he's like very dramatic about uh, about film and it's like the end of times for the for the film uh now moving on to digital uh i mean yeah, okay dramatic, but fine. <laughs> uh, okay uh, that's that's your way quentin um yeah, um, the acting was great uh, as well. Uh, I, ju- I just have a lot more, a lot, a lot of, stu- a lot of stuff to see this film. But okay, what would you uh, give it out of 10? I want to give it an 8.7. Okay. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I just kind of wasn't that impressed by. I felt like the whole first 40 minutes, you know, yeah, when I'm gonna they're give in the carriage. Seven. Yeah, 7. Okay, you, yeah. Know, you know when they're in the carriage? Yeah. I feel like you could cut out that whole thing. Because it's just, you know, some light character building it's point, and yeah, it's exposition point, it's, that they then repeat. 
So it's like you could start it for when they go into the cabin and you'd have a much tighter film. Um, and yeah, just there's one of those films where I feel like, you know, it doesn't feel like it has a whole lot to say and nothing really interesting happens. Uh, the it's concept, not, the concept, not too genre because... bending in the way that Tarantino's early work was. Yeah. Um, but it, it does work in some cases. It, yeah, with like the whole thing. But if they cut out like the bit, the whole intro for like the whole sequence, because that sequence is too long yeah. um, in the carriage. But if you do that whole bit in the car- uh, in the cabin or the place that they're at, um, it, it, it's tense because it's a small space uh, and going through these characters. Uh, but I wish there was more, you know, character interactions as well. But uh, there was some moments that I liked. But I felt like this, this one was a weak Quentin Tarantino film as well. Oh, I thought it's a shame. Uh, I I thought there was a lot of stuff to go through in this film, but um, it, it was it was okay, it was okay. But um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other Quentin Tarantino films I like, especially I really liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I yes. really liked that for some yeah. reason. Well, um, you know, it, you don't have to you don't have to like all of a director's work, and I think that's and I think it's good that you know you um you can find enjoyment in Once Time in Hollywood, which is one of the ones that I wasn't as impressed with. Yeah, I, th- I thought that film was more enjoyable to watch because it really, uh, you know, transports you back into the 1960s, you know, the golden age of yeah, Hollywood. Definitely. And it got you like the daily life of it. So I'm reading the book, as I said, about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. It's it's really good because it goes through each character, like in the thoughts yeah. and going through everything. And I felt that's more reassuring, you know, to understand what why they like this throughout the film uh, yeah. or through the book. Uh, so it's it's a great read so far. So yeah, good. Yeah. Well, you have yeah. to update us on that. Um, uh, next next well, not next time uh, because next one we it's been pre-recorded. But whenever we next record one, because uh, we because we, I'm going on holiday, we've pre-recorded some. So right, you you guys will get the gist of it next week. I have watched, uh, no, not watched, but I actually read. Um, as I said earlier, I read The Flash, uh, Volume One of Rebirth, Lightning Strikes Twice, um, and. I was very impressed with this comic. Not only did it continue... Now, one of my favourite things about the Rebirth stuff that I've read so far, I've read some Green Lantern, I've read some The Flash. It continues the New 52 stories, which is good because a lot of the New 52 stories were cut short, but they're continuing them, and it's great. They're picking up where it left off, and I think that's awesome. One of the things that I I, I really appreciate about this one, I'm watching Flash Season 7 at the moment. I'm I'm not a big fan. it, It ends this week, so I'll talk about it when we record our Space Jam episode. Um... And they're doing this character called Godspeed, right? Godspeed's like this, you know, he's another evil speedster in a set similar kind yeah. of thing Zoom and Reverse Flash. And, and they do this in the, they do the, a full Godspeed story in Lightning Strikes Twice. And it's just done so much more intelligently. They build a betrayal of the character who Godspeed is and, and, and they, you know, build a mystery around him. And it's just done really, really well, even though I knew who it was because of the TV show. They did it better than the TV show. The TV show really hasn't adapted that storyline well. And I just thought it's a really good, you know, way to reestablish the Flash's world, you know, for new view, new readers who, people who read, you know, Rebirth, and that's their starting off point. It's a really good way to start off, you know, presenting new challenges about the Speed Force and new characters, while also presenting a new villain and, you know, 
building, you know, new stakes. I think that was so cool. And yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about it, but I definitely think that I'm going to keep on reading new uh, Rebirth stuff. And um, yeah, hopefully it continues uh, to be great. Yeah, for the new uh, Rebirth one. Yes. Um, so we're nearly, we're nearly running out of time on the Zoom call. But, so hopefully we can, hopefully we can get to the outro, but we've got, we've got a comment that I want to talk about. First comment in a while. Um, so it's, we're back in the email segment. It's not an email, but you know, there we go. Um, it happens only once in a blue moon, John. I know this is, this is insane. Wait. Um, oh, what? what? Do, do, do we have an email? We have a comment. So you know, oh, comment, oh, comment. not necessarily oh. an email, but it's good enough. Well, okay, so basically, this is from this is from Zane. So actually, someone who we actually know, uh, the guy who makes our thumbnails, excellent thumbnails, if I would say so myself. Mm. Yeah, um, very. This good is a comment on what I talked about last uh, last week. I talked about uh, Bo Burnham Inside, um, and he said, "My God, Inside was definitely special. I'm such a big Bo Burnham fan, and when I watched that, it was unlike any comedy special I've ever seen. Which, in the style of Bo Burnham, is that level of introspection mixed in with comedy and music. The whole thing felt like a not a one man musical, and I loved it. After watching it and watching his descent into lockdown, it really makes you reflect on yourself and your own struggles." with very film- similar stuff. The way he tackles showing emotion through song and comedy, making every word of his lyrics have a lot of depth and meaning. I remember watching it late at night at two in the morning, and by the end of it, I was left w- with having to deal with the fallout of watching the thing and trying to sleep. Definitely a 10 out of 10 from a complete Bo Burnham show. And I have to agree. I think 100% you can see... Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> John, my friend, watch it. <laughs> right. it it's I'll, amazing. I'll but I, I, I think he has hit the nail on the head here, like properly. This is exactly right. There is that level of an introspection. You know, everything is so in- immaculately and, you know, like so intrinsically. I don't know the word, but it's like it's so, you know, planned out to the letter. And, you know, you can see as each song gets darker, you can see that descent as he talks about lockdown continues and and the world, you know, the world gets like darker for for Bo. And, and, and it's it's just incredible how it how it works and how it does everything. And as you know, Zane just said, one man musical, he wrote, directed, produced, starred in, he did all this incredible stuff. He, you know, he even edited it himself. And you can see that, you can see the emotions that have gone into it. And I just wanted to say, you know, the reason why I chose this comment is because it's been weeks and I still haven't stopped thinking about Bo Burnham inside. It's incredible. It really, really is. And with that, we can roll out to the outro. Yes. Uh, So thank you for listening uh, to our podcast. So hot, by the way. Is it hot in your house? It's boiling here. No, no, no. I'm just kidding me. It's absolutely. I'm. I'm. I am. I am. I am going to have a heat. Have heat stroke. Sorry. Continue. Oh, uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, it's been a great episode to talk about Loki and Monsters Inc. And <laughs> we talk about we, talk, we talked about Loki longer than we talked about Monsters at Work. <laughs> this episode should have been Loki finale. Yeah, I thought Loki was more excited to talk about really oh, definitely, uh, definitely. yeah yeah bring on um, uh, what if what if's next isn't it oh yeah what if uh so uh thank you uh please wear your mask be safe and when you go to cinemas 
do wear your mask because we're going to keep them open and uh, d- don't go on your phones or <laughs> yeah, do something stop, like that. Stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah, hopefully yeah, the, film, the film is yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to see. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to see Space Jam on Friday and then record our Space Jam episode. As I said, the next three episodes are all coming out uh, pre-recorded. We're doing uh, future Marvel projects 2021. We're doing the two Space Jam films and we're doing Suicide Squad 2016. Back with our friend Joe from Hegdog Films, who's joining us again after we did our Invincible episode together. Um, I'm trying to be fast. I don't know when the Zoom call is going to end, but we're, we're going for it. Uh, okay. Uh, you, thank you if, for listening. Uh, take a week, Kevin. No, no, not yet. I got I got to plug stuff, John. If well, you want to get oh, in touch oh, with uh, us, like Zane, comment us, or, or or email us at gmail.com or you can get in touch with us or follow us at Twitter or Instagram at Pod or me at Twitter at, at Tom the Boardman. Also, leave a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you enjoyed it, I think that's everything. Go, okay, John. Thank go. you for listening. Uh, thank you. Bye. And take me giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. Woo! Woo! We did it. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.